0: The following is a production of Art Trap Productions, brought to you by the Gallifrey Embassy, and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash podshock. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Live from the moon base, it's Doctor Who Podshark. The Gallifreyan Embassy presents Doctor Who Podchalk. Episode 3, three 7. <laughs> All right, well... that this... not a puzzle one. <laughs> I'm puzzled myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you did it so good. Oh, well.
0: Well... As you can tell, welcome to Dr. Hupachak, and we are back. And not a moment too soon. So, uh, this is Louis Trippani. Um, I'm scraping off the rest of my podcasting abilities here. Scraping it off. <coughs> ah, no worse for wear. So, joining me on this splendid podcast, we're going to mix things up again. We're going to start with this side. We usually start on that side of the pond, but we're going to start with this side of the pond and we're going to start with Lee Shackelford because this is his episode number 337. and Yay, get- <laughs> It's my favorite number, 337. Yes. <laughs> and we'll give extra credit for those listeners that can figure out why. That's Remember- right. Anyone who's owned a yeah, there pocket you. calculator or digital <laughs> clock will.
2: <laughs> who's and ever dropped their clock on the floor will know why. Lee likes the number 337.
0: <laughs> especially if you dropped it and it landed upside down. Exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hi guys, it's great to be back.
0: Yes, yes, good to have you back. All right, well, adding a little atmosphere to our intro here. Now like we'll go best. across the pond. We're skips we're hopping and skipping across the pond. So now we're gonna go across the pond and we'll introduce the one and only Dave A. C.
3: Cooper. Hey! Hiya. I'm feeling very animated tonight, guys.
0: <laughs> I'm glad to hear that.
3: <laughs> you look a little black and white too. Yeah. But only hey, half yeah. of you is animated. Yeah, a bit <laughs> half tone, I think. A bit of half tone there. Uh, Ah, alright
0: Good to have you back Dave And we're going to skip and jump and hop and merrily go across the great pond we call the Atlantic And we're going to introduce Mr. Kyle Jones
1: Hello, it is good to be back again And I'm actually very glad to, I've missed you guys I had a little cybernetic uh, brain freeze there for a moment But I am glad to be back with you guys
0: we all have those brain freezes from time to time.
1: And you do that so much better than me.
3: Who <laughs> Practice makes perfect. <laughs> I think you should get a room. <laughs> a cyber
0: room. So we can cyber together.
2: Fantastic. Wow. It's amazing how how, no, how quickly
0: that gets annoying. All right. Well, speaking of, of getting annoying, we'll, we'll, we'll cut the um, the atmosphere a little bit so we can dive into what we call the news. But um, it's good to be back. It's, um, it's been a while, but it's, I, I think we said that the last time we came back. And I don't want to jinx us again. So uh, we were about to record... A couple of weeks, yeah, no, about three weeks ago, and um then we had well what it was hermine not hermine was it hermine, yeah, hurricane hermine that was tropical storm yes. and, yeah, I mean. and it just uh was predicted to come here, and then um it didn't, but uh we you know, but it was on
3: one of the recording days uh, that we had. I'll tell you why it didn't. I phoned the base up on the moon and told and, to redirect it. Yes, and redirected yeah. it. Yeah. Well,
0: thank you for that. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Where were time. you in 2012, Dave? Where were you <laughs> yeah. in 2012? Yeah. Well, now, oh, now, now we just know. walking on the moon. Um, just walking on the moon. They're, so. they're not really
2: operating until 2070, I don't think. So, yeah. you know, you've yeah. got to be.
0: And if you haven't picked it up soon on later in this broadcast we'll be reviewing a classic episode, the moon base a Patrick Trouton classic yes
2: and it's just about controlling the weather and stuff and that's what're we
0: on the moon talking. yes yeah. so um, something to look forward to there so from um, you so get if you haven't seen it recently now is your time to get prepared start watching it and um, you may want to pause this podcast and then come back to it when you have. So, oh, so then, yeah, so then uh, my schedule s- sort of uh, turned upside down inside out, so then uh, but anyway we 're here now i 'm mean, saying after the hurricane, then then we try to reschedule again, but then um, of course, things um, outside of podcasting world um, events uh, require that my schedule get rearranged, and it has since happened and has passed, and now we're here recording. But I want to thank everyone, all our listeners, for hanging in there during the, um, the dry months for Podshock and Doctor Who as well. But we got some news coming that, um, that should whet your appetite for new Doctor Who and spinoffs and, and even more that we'll save for the news segment. So um, anything, any, any other um, banter that we need to um, talk about before heading into the news?
1: Mm. One thing I just thought about that we missed while we were gone, we had two events, and this is f- sort of newsworthy. For since we're on PodShock, I'll mention it first. Uh, August will would have uh, marked our eleventh year. That's right.
0: That's right. Thank you, Kyle, for mentioning that. Yeah, it was uh, we're, um that was our eleventh anniversary. We started in twenty oh five, two thousand and five. Uh, started in July, late July, and then the first episode got out, um, I think it was early August. August 9th, was
1: it? August the 9th, yes. Oh, yeah. so, and, and also, <laughs> uh, while we were gone, Dave and Ian for the Cultdom Collective had seven years of Cultnum.
0: Yes, yeah, seven years. Uh, so that's uh, that's Seven if years? You're, if you were a Vulcan, it would be a very...
3: Um. <laughs> 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 It'll be a very exciting year. Yeah. <laughs> so I will you on, on record. Ian, <laughs> Ian and I have not indulged in the Pong but <laughs> <laughs> At least not together. <laughs> well,
0: as far as we know, at least it wasn't recorded. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no
2: pictures, yeah. it didn't happen. That's right. Having having brought up the uh, the sixth doctor's name, we should mention that Ian couldn't be with us tonight. And uh,
0: yes, we tried. We we, yeah. we you know it's when you get five people or four people or how many people are we? If you count me twice, um, um <laughs> actually you can you can just count me once. Nowadays, all right. So um, we'll head over to the news. As we said, we have um, news that might whet your appetite for more Doctor Who, and but you know we always um, sort of end off on somber news, so we don't want to we don't want to end off on somber news. So for a change, we're gonna we'll take the somber news first, and then the rest of the news will be all uplifting. In comparison, well done. I thought so. All right, so um, Dave actually brought this to my attention today. I hadn't heard, and we have a loss, once again, to report in the Doctor Who community. Terrence Baylor, who uh, appeared in two Doctor Who stories. Uh, One of them was the uh, first Doctor story, The Ark, in 1969, and the other, a second Doctor story, his uh, grand finale story, The War Games. And um, there's a... Uh, picture of him in doctor who news and um uh, definitely recognizable he's uh, done other television work as well um you know, probably um i'm just trying to, i'm just going through some of the names here that might be recognizable to some of you but maybe not i'll just go through all of them hamlet moonstrike uh compact um uh, marguerite if i'm pronouncing it right uh,
3: I think people are more likely to know him from the tele, uh, Terry Gilliam films. Yeah, he's, he was in oh, Time Bandits in Brazil. And
0: yeah, uh, yeah, okay. I, he does I mean he does have a strike. I mean of course I've seen him in Doctor Who, but yeah, I I've have definitely seen him elsewhere.
2: And he was the bloody baron in the Harry Potter films. Uh ah. strangely enough, I can't summon the bloody baron to mind right now, but but that was him.
3: It was yeah. probably, uh, it was either the ghost or one of those in the pictures, you know, mm-hmm. where they had the yeah, they pictures yeah, yeah. on the wall. He was the one who wasn't John
0: Cleese, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, from New Zealand as
0: well. Um, speaking of time banners, we also had another loss in our, our community, even though I don't think he... To my, to my offhand, I don't think he was in Doctor Who. Strangely enough, oddly enough, you would think he might have been. Uh, Kenny Baker, uh, who played most famously in yeah. R2-D2, has uh, <laughs> recently passed as well. He was in Time Bennett's with um, Terrence Baylor.
3: It is, it is sad, but um, uh, uh, just add some little bit of good news in here since I'm in the UK, already time travelling to the 22nd of September uh, it's Fraser Hines' uh, 72nd birthday here today in the UK tomorrow for you guys, wow. but uh, Fraser Hines will be 72 so very, that um, is Wow
0: yeah. Wonderful. No, that's great um, I hope he's doing well I, um, you know, it's, he's been a guest on our show a few times and it's always been a delight to have him here and um, yeah. I'm hoping he's doing well.
2: Okay. Happily, I've been uh, gotten to chat with the uh, Fraser Hines myself, and also with the uh, Kenny Baker very briefly. So, uh, yeah,
3: yeah I, 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 th- I think sorry very interrupt, I think he has doing well because I think he was on the Doctor Who cruise recently. You know, the because uh, uh, he he tweeted a lovely picture of uh, Colin. Small, he said. Uh, Colin's enjoying the cruise, and he was fast asleep. I don't know; he was actually on a a, a, a podcasting panel, are watching from the chairs. But uh, him and Colin seem to have a rare old time together, uh, and also they seem to mix a lot with uh, David Howe and Sam Stone, who seem to get together quite a lot. So they, they're having a. They're, 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 they're all. Uh, I shouldn't say they're all, but the men behaving badly at the moment. Those two. In the nicest possible way.
0: Yeah, so um, I did, obviously I've never met Terrence Baylor, but I did meet uh, Kenny Baker once. So he was at a uh, he was here on Long Island at an Icon convention. I think it was memory serves it must maybe it was 2007 or eight somewhere in that ballpark mm. so it's it's good it's been a good nine years or so years ago and um he seemed very well then and um it's i know um i can't remember offhand, uh, but i remember at the time he was passing that they, they said that he was um he was suffering from an illness towards the end so yeah. anyway so it's a sad loss i, I didn't you know um I, I spoke with him a little bit. I, I remember at you know at the convention, but you know I didn't. For some reason, I, I don't think I got any photos. Maybe I didn't have my camera with me, or I don't know what hmm. the situation was. But um, I don't remember. You know, you, I think would have my. Maybe it was before the iPhone. <laughs> maybe it was. Maybe well, it was two thousand. So, yeah. Maybe it was two thousand and seven. But an icon is usually in March, and the icon came. And, and the iPhone came out in June, so maybe that explains it. All right. Uh well, let's move on to better news. Um as we know, a spin-off is coming from um another spin-off of Doctor Who's coming. We've had the likes of well, before the show started, we were reminiscing of on uh the K9 spin-off, the original Doctor Who spin-off, <laughs> K9 and Company.
2: I think reminiscing is the word,
0: <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, I, I here we go. No. Nope. Uh, you, we know what, you, you, you know what I'm d- about to do. Okay. <laughs> oh my god.
3: <laughs>
0: well, we, we won't do the whole theme. Just this part.
3: No, this part coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back in the <laughs> 80s. All right. That is
1: so 80s. <laughs> wow.
3: <laughs>
2: I'm
0: <laughs> so, we can just uh, erase that from our memory. Yep. Erase memory
4: <laughs> Memory erased.
0: Oh, bless you, K9. Program
1: achievable,
2: Master.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he actually had two spin spin-offs because then later, more recent years, there was the, the Australian. Uh, which, um, a spinoff, which was called K Nine the Series, which may make you really appreciate Nine and Company. Uh, yes. I was going to say, it was astonishingly well, even worse than Canine and Company. <laughs> oh, in fairness, I've only saw the first episode, so I, unless it turned around and became remarkably better after that first episode. Um,
2: yeah, that is true. I've only seen the pilot as well, but I just thought it was I, a I disaster. Get, so.
0: I didn't get past that point, but I, I don't <laughs> think... That, I think it only lasted but, one series, one season. I'm and sorry. the
1: fact that all... No, no, no. I was just saying the fact that all three of us watched that, no further than that first episode, <laughs> speaks oh. volumes. That's true. <laughs> yes.
0: So, but then we, Doctor Who had uh, better luck on its next spinoff, which was um, a, a, a name that was Doctor Who, but all the letters all turned around. We call it an Anagram. And it was Torchwood, which um, fared fairly well. It had three three seasons, or th- that mini series, or um, I guess a series. I guess you would call it yeah, I guess it depends on how you four, count them.
3: Four, four. four, four. yeah. It was because there the, was, was, yeah. was three. It was the good one, the Children of Earth Yeah, one, and then
0: and then there was the 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 one that was in the Miracle the, Day. The, Miracle that Day. That I was think. a yeah. um, partnership with Stars and. and um, which kind of brings us to our next? Oh, oh well, we forgot. Uh, I forgot the whole gist of what we were doing with with the class. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna. Yeah, it was, there was uh, a great segue for our next story, but we we we, 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 we didn't skipped this story. We skipped this story though. Uh just to so say. so yeah. So the, uh, class is not an anagram of anything. Uh, maybe slack. <laughs> slack. slack. <laughs> yeah, slack. want to think about it too so much. Yeah. Slacks. <laughs> S- Slee Slacks. Uh, yeah, so Class is our new Doctor Who spinoff, which is um, in the works. Um, do we have a um, launch date for that yet? Isn't it coming? Uh, is it this fall? Good
1: question. No, it's October, isn't it? It's October, something October. To, yeah. Okay. yeah, It's this fall.
0: Okay, so um, supposedly the, D- the BBC has issued a statement saying that, um, that the new show will be uh, dark and sexy and it won't be really meant for kids. Um, it's uh, aimed at young adults, and um, what that defines, I'm not sure, you know, as far as what, who defines what a young adult... I just assume teens and above, but um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I always t- sort of judge these things not based on age. You know, I think every parent probably needs to make an assessment of their own children, whether or not they're mature enough to understand what fantasy is and, um, and what isn't, so... Um, or, or maybe preview the first episode ahead of time. You know, uh, I know as a child myself, I was, you know, I I wasn't shy of watching. Um, much to the chagrin of, of maybe my parents, whatever. I would watch, uh, you know, horror films. They, they all thought I was going to get nightmares, but it, never, it was never the case because I knew they were just horror movies. I knew there was it was fiction, fiction. <laughs> So it, you know, your mileage may vary depending on your kid. Everyone's individual, so everyone's different. So I, I don't, you know. Anyway, I don't know if anyone else has any thoughts about that.
3: No, the only that in the UK, it's not going to be actually on the terrestrial channel. It's going to be on the BBC channel. That's now a um, an internet only channel. Of course, it oh. will be on BBC America. That's right. Oh, that's right. Yes,
0: class will premiere on BBC Three on in October 2016. The series will also air on BBC America later this year. Okay. So when exactly? And see, and I think uh, that is
1: far as far as being in the digital age, computer age. I think that should have been same day because because everyone's going yes. to be clamoring for it.
0: Well, you know. What's going to happen? Everyone's going to right exactly, and that's
1: the find out the way. That's my point,
0: right? As we always have. So it's it, it you know they learned that from Doctor Who that you know make it available the same day, and this way everyone has an opportunity to get it in a you know official capacity. Exactly. But yeah, it's,
2: it's a principal writer, as far as we know, is, uh, is Patrick Ness, who I, I don't know, but is always identified as young adult author Patrick Ness. So I guess I thought that the target market was people who are 12. Mm-hmm. And, well,
0: um, yeah, we always. I mean, from the from the onset, I you know, my first impression when I heard about class was that it was sort of It was like a replacement of the Sarah Jane Adventures. That's another spinoff I failed to mention. Um, it was sort of yeah. going to be like aim, you know, to fill the the hole that unfortunately that left because of the sad passing of of, uh, of Elizabeth Sladen. So, um, you know, and it takes place at the Coal Hill School. You know, so mm-hmm. and rumor is it that. Um, that um um you know we'll we'll see the 12th doctor you know in the first episode
1: yeah he's listed as a guest in the cast you know as part of the cast he's listed as oh. you know peter capaldi as the doctor okay hmm.
3: yeah th- th- it's been funny the way they because, I mean, I, I, I saw the pictures and I couldn't make out whether they were the students or the teachers because they're yeah. in, in <laughs> indeterminate age, you know, the uh, happy days type of age, where they look like, uh, <laughs> you know, they shouldn't still be at school, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought, like you, Lewis, I thought it was going to be like Wizards and Ali- the Aliens mm-hmm. or whatever it was, the, the, the Russell C. Davis one from uh, a while back. But it's obviously going to deal with um, young adult themes, I think, is going to be the, the way it's being pitched up.
1: Right, and, and this is a question for you, Dave, since you're in the U.K. The, the, they list it as the sixth formers of, of Coal Hill Academy. Uh, so in the school system in the U.K., what is a sixth formers or former? The,
3: those are the people that are last year of school before they ah, go off to university.
1: Got you. Okay, uh, so, where so we, here 17-ish. we call it twelfth grade, yeah, or seniors, exactly. Our
3: yeah. seniors, exactly. I yeah, see. but I mean, I think in America you have junior high and then senior high. These, are, as I say, the in some places it'd still be in uniform. In some schools, they'd be the top year and allowed to go into school not wearing uniforms, basically getting ready for them going on to university.
1: So I can see it being a little bit more adult theme or or not necessarily adult theme, but a little bit more mature if they're about to go off, you know, college, university. You know, they're not your preteen as the, you know, the I was thinking it was going to be the age of the girl who was in the eighth series that he took to the moon.
0: Yeah, that was
2: well, what I, I was thinking. Exa- yeah. yeah, I, I yeah. think that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. Or perhaps the kids in the Sarah Jane Adventures, but oh, exactly.
3: Yeah, I, I think this is probably if you if you're looking for an analogy, it, it'd be like uh, the, the the class in Buffy, where you know this week the 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 the, the, the worst uh, most frightening experience ever, the prom, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, and you know, the fighting you know, wizards and all sorts one week, and then the biggest scare they've got to wear. You know, th- something for the prom. i have a date for the prom.
2: <laughs> That's right. Well, they'll be the kids, the age of the kids in uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows.
0: All right. Well, I guess uh, they're supposed to be like the Susan Foreman's class. Um, That's true. You're right.
1: (laughs) Okay, Dave, this is just funny. You said about Buffy, you mentioned that, uh, you know, they had to tackle the prom. Guess what the title of the first episode of class is? The prom? The prom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not joking. You nailed it. You nailed
3: it. No, Which they're... is really, really strange, because that's only just coming in in this UK. It's a sort of Chelsea set of bringing that in. Um, we're About 10 years ago, we started doing Halloween, because that was not really big in the UK. And now all these girls have found an excuse to dress up, uh, uh, and it's the prom. The boys get dragged to it, I think, in the UK. It's not... If I can be adult for one moment, hmm. it's not a rite of passage as it might be in America. Ah, interesting. Probably hmm. so right. so because interesting. in the UK the rite of passage has already sailed. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Well, well that's serious. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, they just BBC says the new show will be dark and sexy. That's
0: what it says sort of what they say about our podcast too <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're family friendly yes we are Indeed. except for the tongues and we're not yeah
2: <laughs> there's, there's that but uh, yeah so speaking of us Doctor Who uh, spinoffs there is the one that was the anagram of Doctor Who and uh, uh, Steemo has spoken out about Torchwood uh, as some have been saying that he's he personally is preventing there being more Torchwood
0: well, that's because um, I think John Barrowman had said something that uh, he maybe had tweeted something or said something at a at a, at a convention, uh, mm-hmm. at World Wizard World Comic Con. Um, Barrowman had mentioned that the current lead writer and executive producer, Stephen Moffat, was the reason why torture would not be back. To which Moffat had clarified, that he is not the one of those
3: obstacles. Yeah, it may have been some slightly coincidence with the fact that a new big finish had come out with uh, called uh, the Lives of Captain Jack. Uh, so um, I think in some ways uh, it's promoting the RDR adventures as well. I mean, I uh, don't think he's ever averse to a bit of publicity, um, but um, yeah, there's um, the Lives of Captain Jack. Uh, further adventures with a new series coming June 2017. Uh, And I suppose at one of these events he was asked, well, why isn't there any, you know, more Torchwood on TV? But uh, uh, as quite rightly said, um, uh, Steve Moffat said there's, there's no issue with it at all. Well, by the way yeah, Stephen Moffat was at an awards ceremony just recently wasn't he Yes the, uh, yes he
0: was just on um I think the Emmys I, I just happened to, I I don't even watch I don't even watch the award shows but I just wow, happened Yeah to be, I didn't know I, I just happened to be visiting someone that had it on and it just so happened to be that's when they they had um something for Sherlock and one I don't I don't recall what the award was but Sherlock Oh, won. oh of
3: course Yes yeah, uh, yeah, it was a short form and yeah, several so awards. He came on.
0: up on stage and accepted the award, yeah. and so there, Stephen Moffat was there. Yes, of course. Yes. So, but um, but getting back to Torchwood, he's. Um, I mean, it's always been Russell T Davies' um, show, Torchwood, not not Stephen Moffat's. And if anything, Stephen, I mean, I know Stephen Moffat created the um, the Captain Jack character, so I don't. I mean, I. I mean, I don't know what his feelings are about Torchwood himself. Um, you know, but I. I mean, I don't know why he would work to block it, or th- he
3: didn't. I don't think he's. No, I I think don't... it's a non-story.
0: Yeah, no, right?
2: he he said that he was actually. Um, uh, what did he say? A bit cross about uh, about uh, John Berriman saying that because he he loves uh, Torchwood and that he would really really like to see it come back. So he said uh, he said, "Not only am I not standing in the way, I'm not in a position to stand in the way of it."
0: Well, maybe because. Um... I don't know. I'm I'm just speculating what might be going through John Barrowman's head about him not being um, asked back to Doctor Who since, but there's been rumors that he has, or I don't know what's going on.
1: Well, I know he wanted to come back for the 50th and they didn't have a place for him, so to speak, and then uh, there was a rumor out, and I think I mentioned it even on our last recording, that he might be the companion for Christmas. And now, of course, we know that, that that's not the case. So maybe there's a little bit of yeah. I wanted to, you know, come back yet again and there was no place for me.
3: And, of course, John barman has been so busy recently, I doubt if he could have uh, could have fit it it's in anyway. Um it's a good point
2: but boy I, I really would like to see Captain Jack again so
0: yeah so here, here. Right, yeah I think we all would either be in um, Doctor Who or Torchwood or both
2: or he'll be in class hitting on these 16 uh, year old girls <laughs> in here yeah, there and you the go boys and uh, everybody else
0: yeah, so. you never know you never know all right, well, we, we said we we're going to stay family-friendly, so let's, uh, on to that Okay, point. moving <laughs> on, yes. <laughs> we'll go to the Christmas special, which is...
3: It's originally to talk
2: about Captain
0: Jack and
3: Steve. Exactly, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> uh, well, just before you go on, the uh, the, 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 the award that he was uh, getting the prize for was um, the Abominable Bride, Sherlock yes, the Abom- yes, Abominable right. Bride. It was that. that was up against mm-hmm. a very Murray Christmas all the way, confirmation and Luther, um... So that was the the section he was you are um, correct. Fire.
2: Yes, and if you've seen Abominable Bride, you can understand why it won. I thought it was magnificent.
3: Yeah, if...
0: <laughs>
3: you are correct, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so it's... the only yeah the only other award I was disappointed is that the the night manager with Tom Hillston didn't do a bit better because I thought mm-hmm. that was fabulous. We're getting off Dalek now. Well, in fact, we're getting off Cyberman as well. True, true. Yeah.
0: Well, now, speaking of Jeopardy, uh, this isn't part of the news, but I'll just interject uh, something that both Lee and I um, were privy of uh, before we, we were talking about it before we started recording was that on today's Jeopardy, as we record this on the 21st of September 2016, Doctor Who made it in um, once again on Jeopardy. So as anyone that's familiar with Jeopardy, they, um, they give clues in the forms of questions and that uh, – no – in the forms of answers and the <laughs> contestants have to answer in the form of a question. So the answer was, and the question, obviously the contestant has to give the answer. So the, it went something, and I'm paraphrasing here. It was uh, Peter Davidson was the fifth actor in this series title in this title series um, whose daughter went on to marry the 10th actor in the same series, something like that. And um, of course the answer was, what is Dr. Who?
2: I just did a quick Google search for uh, Jeopardy Doctor Who, looking to see, uh, you know, if I could find that particular answer. And I'm sure someone will post a picture of it soon. But uh, a lot of other people have a lot of other questions or answers, I guess, have turned up over the years. And uh, One of them, I love this. Uh, one of the clues one time or the answers was uh, this British character has died at least seven times, including from Spectrox poison. <laughs> Luckily, he regenerates.
0: <laughs> wow. They actually, actually name-checked Spectrox. I and that, that. and that's a while ago, if it was only seven times at the time. That's true. It says, yeah,
2: at least exactly. seven times, right. And another one of the answers that they've used on Jeopardy was Torchwood is an anagram and a spinoff of this BBC show.
0: Yeah, I think I've, I might have seen that one. Yeah, yeah. I know I posted a few of them when I've seen them. Like I, I, in the past, I've, gotten, uh, I've taken pictures of the screen of the question, but this time I was in the middle of doing something on my iPhone and I wasn't able to. It was too late. And I, I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't home. I wasn't at my t- I could have, like, you know, went you know, with the DVR, go back in time. You could do that with DVRs, which we're both, we're time travelers in that sense. But, um,
1: <laughs> That's this, right. What television time travel?
0: All right, so uh, so that brings us uh, to Christmas, right? We, we didn't get to the Christmas story. We're on it now, right? Yes? No? Maybe? Is it Christmas right. yet? Yep, it's, it's Christmas. It's the last day of summer as we record this, which means Hooray. we're heading into fall, and before you know it, yeah. it'll be Halloween, and then it's Thanksgiving, and then whammo, it's Christmas, and then I'll be showing yeah. snow. Right. <laughs> And looking forward to summer. <laughs> <laughs> and in a lot of the
2: stores we shop at, there are Christmas decorations out. So
0: yes, sure, it's yeah. sad,
3: sad situation. Yes. <laughs> so uh, does, does Kyle want to take this one? He hasn't done one yet. Go for Not it. Not working him hard enough.
0: Go for it, Kyle. You want to take? You want to tackle the Christmas uh, story?
1: Well, sure. Um, for Christmas, we have a returning uh, companion. Nordle will be returning at Christmas, so um, that's quite interesting. Uh, we discussed that Lee and I a little bit last week and speculated: is this pre-robot Nordle? Is this did, how did he get his head back? If not pre-robot uh, Nordle, but uh, it looks like we will have Nordle back, and on top of that. Capaldi has been uh, was quoted as saying, "We're on at Christmas, and then it starts again in April." Woo hoo!
0: April fifteenth, twenty seventeen, tax day in the U.S. Ah,
1: cool. So, a reason to actually look forward to April fifteenth. Exactly, and uh, I'll let someone else take this part of it, but I'll segue into it by saying. Christmas is going to come a little bit early this year. <laughs> you mean yeah. in early November? In well, early November, uh, with a very powerful gift.
0: I, again, I just to inject there, the fifteenth was just speculation. The, the BBC, I think it's, i don't think they—they confirm that. I don't think. I think they are staying, or or, may, or they have. And the, previously, they were vague about spring 2017. Mm. the mid-April.
1: What day is the fifteenth on? That it is a it. Saturday. Ah, so uh, there you go. Yeah. So then, yeah. more validity there.
2: Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll keep
1: we'll keep enjoying the the uh, the prospect of April fifteenth rushing toward us. Right, but considering the fact that November is rushing head uh, strong right at us in a very. Powerful way. Powerful. Someone take it.
3: Yeah. Well, the other thing is uh, uh, because I know Kyle, on your thing. You you mentioned another casting uh, thing. I don't think on Podshot we've mentioned the other casting that's been announced for the new series, have we? Uh, A certain um, detective uh, that uh, Lee is
1: familiar with.
3: That's a good point. Yes.
1: Yes. Very good point. Um,
2: Lee, take that one. Go for it. yeah, we've seen uh, behind-the-scenes photos of uh, David Suchet, who, known to many of us uh, for playing Hercule uh, 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 Poirot on television. Uh, he's, uh, we know that he's going to be in this next series of Doctor Who, and uh, I love David Suchet, so it's going to be fun to see him on Doctor Who. We have no clue yet
1: who he's playing. Uh, what was his name? It was the... Uh... Oh, they they actually named him. Oh, uh, oh we do? Okay. Is, is he
3: going to be meddling?
1: Well, See, that's uh, thats what I'm wondering. It's that's something the speculation like, that we have. We both really want
2: him to be the time meddler, but uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think we always want somebody to be the time
0: meddler. That would be awesome. Uh, yeah. All
1: right, I'll look, I'll, I'm going to look that up okay. uh, and then we'll yeah. come back to it.
0: Well, all this stuff is quenching our thirst for Doctor Who. Um, you know, we had um as previously mentioned in the news segment we we talked about class we talked about the christmas special we talked about uh well torchwood not being blocked (laughs) isn't really positive (laughs) news but uh, we're not saying torchwood is coming back but we know it's not being blocked by blocked at least not by moffitt um it'd be better if we had torchwood news to talk about you know actual torchwood news so but um you know, we're, are, you know, in this episode, as I mentioned earlier on the top of the show, we're going to be reviewing the moon base, which is a classic Trouton episode, which leads us to what's new on Doctor Who? It's Patrick Trouton. Well, what's old yeah. is new again? And yeah. he's
1: not the landlord. And the landlord, but the landlord is David Suchet. That's, That's right. Landlord. The landlord. Yes.
2: Yeah, so it may be something completely trivial, but somehow I doubt it.
1: Correct. So, but but back to Patrick. Yes,
2: power of the power of the
1: Daleks. Yes, it's
0: time for renewal, and this time I
1: have been renewed.
0: (laughs) And this time, it's um, not a moment too soon. It's uh, Patrick Trouton. So. This is um, great news. So as any Doctor Who fan would know, um, especially uh, unless you're a fresh newbie that's just, you know, aren't just familiar with the new series as, you know, the current series. Um, and maybe you haven't really explored past episodes. But unfortunately, back in the day, the BBC found this miracle that's called vir- videotape. And what's great about it, it's very economical because you could record over it. <laughs> And record new shows on it, and, Mm. um, you know, you don't have to waste it, and uh, it doesn't take up archive space. Well, anyway, um, we've lost um, a substantial amount of Doctor Who um, in those early days because of that. Um, No one really thought that there would be a market for, you know, decades later. People are hungry and anxious to consume Doctor Who still. Um, they they thought of it as you know once it was broadcast or and once it you know made its round in the overseas markets it was done and over with and time to move on and create new episodes and that was it. So as a result, we have um, ninety some odd episodes. I think of lost ninety. Currently, we're at ninety seven episodes of Missing Doctor Who in the archives. And. One of them is The uh, Power of the Daleks, which was the, uh, a, an important story because it was the first time that we got to see a, a, the first story of a regenerated Doctor. So it was uh, Patrick Troughton's debut as the Doctor. And uh, um, and we're glad, we're fortunate, we're happy to report that it's being um, released in an animated version. So what um as i said that we have missing episodes but what's good about it is that i mean um is that we have the original audios audios um from these episodes so that's why they are able to make these animated um missing episodes to kind of patch some of the, the stories that are partially missing and but this is an entire story that's missing that they've done an animated version of and it's um It's um, going to be marking its 50th anniversary with the airing on BBC. Um, When is it coming on? It's later,
3: later this year.
1: November the fifth. November two.
0: Yeah.
3: Now we're going to be talking Mm. about uh, a story that's had two episodes uh, animated, and that was done by. Studio Planet 55 Studios is just a different company doing this one. I, I think, think it is. is. So
0: the style is different. I noticed yes. that when, when I first saw a uh, clip of this, and it was like, and it was really like, didn't have any description on it, it was just like around YouTube or whatever. And, and it, um, it, we were, we were, um, kind of skeptical of whether or not it was legit or not, if it was fan made, or it was, if, or if it was actually what we were looking at, because it looked very much different than the animated the the animated style
3: that we saw already Mm. yeah because the planet 55 studios uh, they're working on uh, did the Doctor Who 10 planet and Doctor Who moon base (laughs) and I nearly had a shot because uh, I also looked on their site, Planet 55 Studios and they're doing a series called Prisoner Zero and I thought oh, from New Doctor (laughs) Prisoner Zero but it's not, it's um, a science fiction adventure series of teenage heroes but um, um, so, but it doesn't seem to say on the story I'm looking at or the page I'm looking at doesn't seem to say who's doing the animation on this one but you're right, it does look stylistically different
1: and I think it's being done uh, in conjunction with BBC America as more so than – of course, I know the BBC mm-hmm. would have to be involved, but this is more seemingly a BBC America project from from the information I read. All right. Hence probably the different animators. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. are uh, just ple- – I mean – we have this it's it 's sh- such a shame that so many so many episodes are missing, and since we do have the audio it it 's great that we get to see on at least see them in some form if not you know if we can 't get the originals back though it would, be, it would be interesting if at some point if the originals or at least some of the episodes of the power or any of the ones that have been animated you know do come to light to do a comparison of how they Recreated it with animation compared to like the original episode. If it is, if if it is ever recovered, It'd be an interesting you know side by side comparison. I'm sure fans would do if that ever did happen.
1: You know, this isn't quite side by side, but in a way, we got to see that a little bit in in the story we're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. It, it, because that, even though you know you had the animation and you were going back, and I know I'm jumping ahead here, but even though you were going back. You know, seeing animated and then you had the live Mm -hmm. action episodes, they did a very good job of keeping continuity going between the Mm -hmm.
2: two. Yeah. Yeah. That really struck me uh, looking at it again, too. Uh, 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 If the. In Moonbase, so the first episode that we have is an animation animated reconstruction. So after watching that, then we go to the live action one in episode two. My sort of my instinctual thought was, wow, the live action of this animated film is really good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a...
0: they really did a good job reconstructing everything they saw in the animated version. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I thought. Yeah. So. Look, yeah, at the, look
3: at the <laughs> attention to detail they put into this. Yeah. Uh, especially in the first part when they're sort of recapping what happened in the previous episode. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
2: how do they do that? <laughs> but Power of the Daleks is six episodes, and I think that's one of the things I'm excited about. Is that um, it's a it's a good long serial to to have um, brought back to us mm. this way. Yeah, and, um, and, and yeah, and, and it's Patrick Stewart's first whole adventure as the Doctor. It's uh, a, a its place in Doctor Who history is um, you know is beyond, it- beyond a debate. It's
3: I mean, the thing is, I don't know how long it takes to animate six episodes, but you could almost say that the fact that Doctor Who is off our screens has played into their hands and made it a little bit more commercially viable. Because, uh, as we all know, when there's no Doctor Who on TV, people seek, you know, audio adventures or or what have you. So, uh, and as we know, all 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 the stories that were available have now been released on DVD, uh, as far as I understand it anyway. Um, so there is room for new issues of this which uh, of this which will be one.
0: Well yeah, I mean but to Lee's point, I mean we always said in Doctor Podcast that um that Patrick trouton's probably maybe next yeah. to William Hartner one of the most important actors to for the series because if he failed, if if he wasn't accepted as the doctor We probably wouldn't be doing a podcast today and we probably wouldn't be doing any Peter Capaldi or Matt Mm -hmm. Smith or um, David Tennant and go backwards to the whole list. It would have been just one of these uh, short, you know, three year, four year sci-fi series from the 60s lost in time. Yeah. So something to look forward to. I'm looking forward to it. Um this Absolutely. You can well, it Sounds like
2: we're all going to get it. So uh surely we need to do a uh, a pod shock review of the episode once we all have it in hand.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So it's going to be but as we said it's, it's going it will be on BBC America as well. Is it now is it going to be both at the same time or is there going to be a gap?
1: Good question.
0: Let's find out. Power of the Daleks is released on BBC Store November fifth, according to this article. But it doesn't say anything about BBC America or. Well, let's yeah. just hope that it's it will be available. You know, sort of like what they did with Web of Fear and. Um, um, what's the other story that that was released on iTunes? Um, no, actually, that, uh, that that came out before the DVD.
1: Didn't it yeah, something about the, the enemy, uh Invis- enemy of the world, the yeah. Enemy of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm
2: looking at an LA Times article and it says November twelfth. So maybe that's maybe it's a week later in the US. Maybe, I'm... yeah.
0: Soonish. Soonish. Yes. In any
2: case, November, let's say. They should well, summer's over. It's summer over, guys. All right, as of today, I think so
0: uh, Well, it's coinciding with the fiftieth anniversary so um of the Power of the Daleks, which is kind of you know the story that we're about to review in this store in this episode we're only about six months away from its fiftieth anniversary, which is mm. weird because it feels like we just celebrated Doctor Who's fiftieth anniversary, and I can't believe that so much time has right. passed already since that.
1: Uh, here we go. BBC Store on the fifth of November, which would be exactly fifty years after the original broadcast, and then the DVD release will be on November the twenty-first.
0: Okay. But I wonder if that's Region One and Two, or just mm. Region Two, or yeah, will there be an online digital? Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep our fingers. Let's keep our recorders crossed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And he means the kind you play yes. by blowing into one, yes.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's going to wrap things up for the news unless anyone else has any other newsy stuff to talk about?
1: Not from here. Nope. Let's head to the moon base.
0: Well, in other news, there is a report of a hurricane Lucy over Florida. <laughs> we'll get to that. And it was in Alaska only the day before. <laughs>
2: yes. So Lucy. Lucy.
0: <laughs> you got some splaining to do.
2: <laughs> oh, not Lucy. <let's>
0: <laughs> All right. We'll be right back after these messages. We'll be
3: right back after these messages. <laughs> <All right. coughs> It's sad, really, isn't it? Sad. They really don't
2: talk like that in movies. Do they? No, they don't.
4: <laughs> Hi, this is Fraser Hines, and you're listening to a Doctor Who PodShock.
2: Hi, this is Lee Shackleford, reminding you that Doctor Who PodShock is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible. Just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 150,000 titles. Let me say that again. A hundred and fifty thousand titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook in it. And these files play on iPhones, Kindles, iPads, any smartphone. In fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Dr. Who Ponchak. Audible is offering a free download. When you start a new Audible subscription, you can choose anything at all from that vast library, but we know you'll want to get one of their delicious doctor who titles. They're performed for you by actors, you know, and love wonderful voices, uh, Tom Baker, Paul McGann, David Tennant, on and on it goes, try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of that month, you decide audible is not for you. You still get to keep that doctor who book you downloaded. So, Let me put it this way free Doctor Who book, right? So here's how to get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash podshock. That's audibletrial, all one word, A U D I B L E T R I A L, dot com slash podshock. Pick your free book. You're going to love it.
4: Duchess, but I have seen pictures of the moon's surface, and that's what this looks like. That's the moon?
5: Doctor, is it the moon?
4: <laughs> well, you weren't too far out, were you? Only about 200 million miles. All right, let's move on while we can. A minute! You don't expect to land us on the moon and, moon and just let us fly off just like that, do you? Yeah, at least let's have a look round. That picture can't be the moon. The moon's way up in the sky. Where do you think you're going? We're not going to tell us now, surely? Ah, oh, please, doctor. The
5: TARDIS isn't out of control or
4: anything, is well, it? No, 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 no. It was just a, a, a bumpy landing. That's all. Yeah. Well, if you must go ashore, only half an hour. Right. Super. You can't go ashore like that. You need spacesuits. There's no atmosphere out there. Come on, there's some in the chest.
0: And we're back with Doctor Who Podshock. Once again, this is Lewis, Lewis Trapani, with Lee Shackelford, Dave Cooper, and Kyle Jones. And we're on the moon. Or so it seems. All right.
1: yeah I thought it was Mars at first, and then
0: yeah,
1: the Mars base,
0: yeah, <laughs> so
1: that music, mm-hmm. by the way, guys, is just m- like hypnotic almost
0: yes. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I really love it. it's <laughs> it's perfect for the episode. It does provide atmosphere, yes mm-hmm. so
3: so, on, on the moon satellite atmosphere? that
0: doesn't have any yes. So, Moonbase is a Patrick Troughton story, Second Doctor. It was um, it originally aired on the eleventh of February, nineteen sixty-seven, um, through through March fourth, uh, again, nineteen sixty-seven. So, as we said before, we're about uh, approximately half a year away from its fiftieth anniversary, believe it or not. And it just feels weird talking about it because it feels like we just had the fiftieth anniversary of Doctor Who itself, and already we're in. Right. You know, if or you know, if we align ourselves to when the series began, we're already in the Trouton era. You know, if um, wow, yeah. that that was uh, a a quick um, run, yeah. And, so, and
2: then we had the tenth
1: anniversary of Doctor Who after that,
0: too. Yes, we to, had the tenth anniversary, yeah,
2: really yeah.
1: <laughs> But looking at who the companions were, this was not long. Uh, after Troughton had taken over.
0: Yeah, because um, we had um, Annika Wills as Polly, uh, Michael Craze as Ben Jackson, and Fraser Hines as Jamie McCrimmon. And actually, because of that, Jay, um, uh, Fraser Hines wasn't originally slated to be a companion originally. They, he just worked so well when he was, um, you know. Introduced that they, and it's not the first time, well, it's, it's not the last time that happened either, because that happened um, uh, later on, once again, in Doctor Who, where a guest worked out so well, they wanna, they, they decided to keep them on as a companion. Mm-hmm. And so Fraser Hines was uh, kept on as Jamie. And um, because of that, um, this really wasn't written to have Jamie in it. So um, the writers, uh, which was uh, Kit Petla, and producer was Ian Lloyd, and um, script editor was Jerry Davis. So they had kind of had to work him into the story, but they essentially rid him out of the story. Right. <laughs> he's only nominally in it. But, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he was um, in, yeah, as, as Lee said, he, he's. Well, before we go any further, as always, um, if you haven't seen this yet before, Take caution, because there will be, as you know, spoilers. 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 Again. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers.
1: Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers.
0: Spoilers.
1: Spoilers.
0: I had to do that. I had to do that last one for Kyle.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: <laughs> well, I, I guess I mean if you haven't seen it yet, so it spoilers does pertain. People are probably scratching the head. Lewis, kind of, you just said it was almost 50 years old, and you're giving spoilers for something that's 50 years old. I think the, the spoiler clock ran out. Well, if you hadn't seen it, then it's, still, it's it, it means it's a spoiler. I mean, this is um, you know, if you like I said, that's what it, that's the way it is. That's what's, that's what's great about Doctor Who is that you could, just be, you could be in love with Doctor Who and been watching it since like the last 10 years. But if you've never seen any past episode, there's a treasure trove of, of material to go back to. And so I don't want to hear you whining that there's no Doctor Who this year because there's 50 years worth of Doctor Who yeah. to explore. Just have to go back
2: and dig for it. Yes. Yeah.
0: And still, I still scratch my head and ponder when I meet up with fans. They say, oh, you know, I still have yet to watch any of the classic episodes. Like, well, right. what's Why keeping not? you? Yeah.
2: There's a lot of who out there.
0: And especially since you've got nothing else distracting you right now with new Doctor Who, let's go and explore. Actually, I mean that's one of the things that attracted me to Doctor Who was that at the time when I was discovering it, you know, back in its early days when it was uh, when it was in its approaching its twentieth anniversary, mm-hmm. <laughs> we had yeah. two decades worth of material that I could explore, and and it was all new stuff to me where I had seen every. Back then, it was only the original series. Every Star Trek episode that there was, and I saw the animated right. ones, and, you know, I've seen all the Lost in Space. I've seen all the Buck Rogers. And, you know, there was nothing new, and, um, and that's what the great appeal was, that here was a great show that had a history and that I could then explore. There was books, even though those episodes weren't being shown at that time. Um, it was a rich history right. to explore, and then there were, th- there were new episodes that, that had callbacks to the originals, you know, um, I mean, um, some people criticize Jonathan Turner for doing a lot of those um, stories that were relying on the past. But I, to me, it wasn't it didn't alienate me. It made me more interested in what came before it.
3: Certainly. Uh, The other thing is as well, uh when you were watching it on the uh, the public channels in America, you were only sten- ostensibly seeing uh, the four. You know they started with robot, didn't they? Yes. Mm-hmm. Went all right. the way through the end, and then they rehashed those. So you know, um, John Pertwee never really got a look in in the early days in no. America, no. as far no. as I understand no, it. it was
2: a long and, time before I ever saw him. Yeah.
3: Yes. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, it was. Uh, I would I would say
0: probably was um, eighty six or eighty seven before uh, they started showing uh, both Patrick Trouton and John Pertwee. That's um, right.
2: Wow, our, our, our PBS affiliate when I was in graduate school and that was in the mid eighties. Yeah, then they started the run with Spearhead from Space, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Who's this? Mm. <laughs> He's that guy <laughs> I saw lying on the floor at the beginning of Robot." Yes. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. About them? And yeah. then and, and today the only one that's now being made onto Blu-ray.
0: Yeah, that? because that was shot entirely on film. So they were yeah. ah.
2: Something back. else to say about the uh the fact that this is um that the moon base is um almost fifty years old is that um w- when we were watching it for, for our discussion here, I was struck by the fact that Ben says that he's he knows what the surface of the moon looks like. And I thought Would he have, actually, in 1967? So I had to go look that up. And sure enough, we'd gotten our first really close-up pictures Mm -hmm. from Lunar Orbiter 1 in 1966. So, um, you know, and I'm sure that was in all the papers. You know, I was five. I don't remember, but... You know, um, but yeah, well, so ben, the, the
3: Apollo was, missions had start, the Apollo missions had started. Then I mean, right. obviously it was Apollo uh, 11 that actually got to the moon, but there yeah. there there were a few. The orbiters there then, to, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, its job was to find landing sites for Apollo 11. Exactly. So yeah, so yeah, Ben did know what the the surface of the moon looked like, <laughs> but it's understandable that um, Jamie doesn't know what the moon looks like. So,
0: it's yeah. that thing in the sky. Yeah. Oh. It's made of cheese. <laughs> it's a, isn't it an egg? <laughs>
5: ah, oh, that's Nobody right. an egg.
2: ever mentions the fact that they're on the surface of a di- of a dragon egg. Bait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a notable omission here.
5: Hmm.
0: So, uh, so this is also uh, another classic for another reason. It's um, the second time, you know. So we talked about the power of the Daleks being, you know, um, it was it rested on Patrick Troughton's shoulders to bring the series, you know, forward. And if he wasn't accepted, we, there would be no Doctor Who going forward. Well, I guess in a way, I guess if this story wasn't. Accepted, there may not be any Cybermen left because this was actually the second time the Cybermen appeared. Before that, they were wrapped in like um, almost like mummies. They, they were like, like burn t- victims. Yeah, yeah, they looked like burn victims almost. Yeah. And they spoke like this all the time. So, um, and this time they got modified and they looked um, probably more like what we traditionally think of Cybermen. They didn't have the big helmet lights, like the big like uh, headlights on their heads and like the, and the, like they did originally.
3: So, um, and each time... We, we still saw, we saw, we saw, saw, saw the accordion on the chest, though. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Yeah.
3: No, yes. But for their this this, downtime.
0: This was like a step forward to where they will eventually be, though. And it's you know, and it was a running joke back in the early days because every time we would see the Cybermen, they would be modified, you know, once again. Which, and I guess it sort of makes sense because they're you know that's what they do—they modify themselves—and right. um, so they, they were constantly improving the Cybermen. And, and in that way, forerunners
2: of um, Star Trek: The Next Generation's villain, the Borg, uh, even down to claiming at one point in Moonbase that resistance is useless. Yes. Yeah. just a hair's breadth away from saying it's futile
5: mm.
0: and um it's a classic base under siege story like so many yeah. other Doctor Who stories but I, I you know watching it and you guys may have a, um a better recollection because I, I watched this actually about a month ago um and then we, that's when we ha- sort of decided that hey let's review this but um but I remember watching it, um, and of course, you know, I I seen like the reconstructions, you know, years before that. But but now we finally get to see the the whole story because it's animated. The missing that as we were talking about earlier in the new story that there are lots of missing ninety seven missing episodes of Doctor Who. Well, this is a four four part story, and two of them are missing, and um, it happens to be episodes one and three are missing. So um, it actually starts off with an animated. Episode and then we go into the live action, and then it follows by an, an animated episode. So it's great that they were able to reconstruct this in an animated form, and we get to see the story today, you know, in as close as we could to how it originally was. Um, as far as we know, I, I was saying before, it would be kind of interesting if, if any of these episodes... Are recovered and we could then compare it to how they reconstructed it animated-wise to how it actually was and how similar or, or dissimilar they are. But um, mm-hmm. but watching it, I felt it was very similar to what um, might be shown today. You know, I could see this story actually as the Twelfth Doctor and companion. Um, I, you know, cause we had some recent base under siege type of stories in recent years, and I could see this actually playing out. Um, you know, of course it would be updated and, you know, um, as Datu is today, but, um, but I, I think it's, it's a timeless story in itself because, um, because of that.
1: You know, yeah. it's interesting that you said that because I remember, uh, when we, when I was watching the first episode of The Moon Base, comparing in my head a memory of the most recent underwater that you're referring to, mm. uh, that story, and it was like the base looked very, very similar. And I would love to put them side by side with each other, but it's it's it was almost like they did the
3: underwater base to
1: make it look like the moon base. I was just thinking the same thing,
2: yeah.
3: One of the things that I thought was going to be a negative uh, when watching this was the fact that, as you say, it was the first episode that was animated, and you think, well, that's going to make it difficult to get into. But in actual fact, I found uh, that worked very well because um, it was almost a pleasant surprise when I went to to live action on the second one, and then I was thinking to myself, well, actually, (laughs) they've done that rather well. Um, And that reinforced... The thing—it wasn't as though I'd watched uh, the first episode and that was real footage, and then suddenly, oh, I've got to make do with an, a, animation. Uh, I, um, I, I thought it actually worked for them. Um, you know, we've often said this before in other stories. You know, if uh, because sometimes it's a forced episode story, and you could almost say, well, they could have skipped one of those episodes; it was just filler. It can sometimes depend which episode is missing as to how much it degrades the enjoyment of the story in and of itself. Um, And you could argue the same here with, you know, which are are uh, reconstructed and which are original. And and I, going into this, had thought this would have been a bad way. But in actual fact, it worked very well. The first one was animated, but we ended uh, the final episode, episode 4 is the most action-packed of the four, and that's the one that we see um, you know uh, as it went out, so I think it worked very well, viewing figures by the way, uh, over 8 million for all the episodes, of course less competition in those days
2: yeah hmm. just imagine anything today being seen by 8 million people It's just.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, today everything's kind of divided so drastically. You know, back then, yes. you know, you know, just like even the state in the U.S., you only had three networks back then. Right.
1: If you got all three of the networks, I'm, you know, the more rural you were, true. the less chance yeah. you had. That's true. I grew up with two. Yes. <laughs> Very true. If. I remember if you turned the outside antenna just right, you might mm-hmm. get this <laughs> channel. And then, oh well, you really wanted to watch this. Well, let's hope it doesn't rain. <laughs> uh,
3: uh, the, one of the things that struck me—I uh, don't know that it struck you guys as much—but um, uh, even though, I mean, it, you're saying it's 50 years ago. It, it was um, to me watching it. It, it, it actually the the. Um, the way the people on the space station were talking on the moon station was was almost old fashioned um now you see this is my age you probably think well 67 was old fashioned but what i meant is 67 was the age of you know going to the moon and mm-hmm. and space exploration i'm thinking that's the future uh, the, the to the the, the lead actress uh, there was uh, Patrick Barr, mm-hmm. who was playing the the, uh, the yeah, he was playing the lead, very well known character actor here in the UK, and it probably came across screen. He was a sort of typical RAF, like, you yeah, know. Well, come on, we'll give him a good show and yeah, uh, counting on us and uh, you know, the, 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 his whole vernacular was um, you know um, uh, like a military leader yeah. of a. I think, and he has a great um, personality. This is the, the kind of
2: role that, in the movies, was <laughs> oh, uh, a I mean, that would have been played by William Horton.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, he's been in an awful <laughs> lot of years. If you've looked at some of his uh, credits on Wiki, the, the Patrick Bar. Um, Died age 77 in 1985, but, um, yeah, he's, he's been in lots of stuff. almost two different, But uh, the most likely one is the, the Dam Busters from 1955, which I think is one of the ones that crosses uh, the most boundaries. And, and the other one that um, uh, caught my eye was, um, if I can pronounce his name, uh, André Marianne, is it? Uh, who played, <laughs> you could tell he was the French one because he had a neckerchief... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he didn't have any unions over his shoulder, but he had the Neckerchief <laughs> on. Uh, yeah. And if you notice, by the way, I don't know whether everybody picked this up, um, they all had their national flag yeah. on the front it, of their uh, thing. So yeah, a I Swedish thing. guy from well, that's Switzerland. Uh, uh, no great. Switzerland.
0: That, that's what I mean, again, bringing it back to today, you know, um, to, we have the International Pre- Space Station, you know, which c- comprises of, of different uh, nations. And here you have various nations represented here on this it's moon base. True,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's slightly difficult with it being in black and white to pick to out the flags, but they were there nonetheless. Mm-hmm. But um, the the French actor, again, he's been in an awful lot of stuff here in the UK because he was sort of the rent, rent the Frenchman if they wanted one <laughs> for a, a TV series. <laughs> we need a series, French so. person. Call up that actor. Yeah, André. You, yeah, yeah, you don't need to bring your onions for this one. Oh, mm-hmm. you need to bring your onions for this one. Um, uh, and he, again, got, got a great uh, filmography of the stuff uh, that he was in, uh, he's even been in uh, uh, James Bond in Thunderball, but uh, all sorts of things he's been in. Um, so uh, I, I thought that, that was they were quite a strong character, but I did think that the way they were talking, now come on, chaps, we've got to sort this out. And um, um, the the uh, the graviton that was on uh, cardboard sticks was a little bit. Fragile, uh, as was the sort of dodecahedron uh, surrounding it. Um, I mean, I thought they were being a bit. I thought they were being a bit blasé, trying to keep the uh, air from going out into the vacuum with a plastic bag to start with. I thought that was a little bit. Uh, <laughs> although the the uh, the drinks tray. Was mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic, but well, it
0: uh, works. Yeah. Actually, I think there was an accident uh, um, during the the making of this where I think the graviton uh, prop fell and it almost hit someone. in that uh, uh, um, I, I seem to remember that in one of the uh, maybe one of the um, extras on the DVD at the time. I can't remember the particulars mm. of that. I'm going to have to go back and, and review that. But I, I that since you said that, Dave, it just rank, it just brought that back to mind.
3: Well, the only, the only boob I noticed was the fact that the, the, the chap who was had been taken over by the Cybermen in the fourth episode goes to take over the controls of that. Uh, it, it, he knocks the man out that is operating it uh, and he puts the skull cap on back to front. And then the next time you see him, he's got the right way right around. But uh, that was the only fluff that I noticed.
0: Weren't they like shower caps? <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> I assume it was supposed to be that he was, you know, it was monitoring his yeah, brain activity. Yeah.
0: Well, as always with Doctor Who, I, I, I'm very forgiving when it comes to wobbly sets and, um, you know, effects that may not be spectacular, but it's um, it's the story and characters that, are, that drive me.
3: Well, I think some of them were done very well. I mean, the moon's surface looked a bit poor at the beginning because we saw them go out and there was this sort of crater that was about three feet across. And I thought, that's a, that's a bit of a smidgy creature. But mm-hmm. in the fourth episode, when the Cybermen are coming, especially, as we've all said, the very, very appropriate and dramatic music that accompanied that, uh, that really looked quite epic. And um, uh, the uh, even, even the, the distance of the horizon... Uh, When you've seen the Apollo missions, look right, you know, because the horizon's not as far away in the moon, and also you could see some stars. Now you could argue, uh, one of the big uh, uh, things about uh, the moon mission was that well they never went to the moon because you couldn't see any stars, and Mm -hmm. and the answer to that was well it was in. Sunlight, our um, earth light, or whatever you want to call it. It was earth light, so you wouldn't have seen the stars because well, yeah. it well, can that also the, photograph the cameras wouldn't pick up.
0: it up anyway. I mean, you right. would, yeah, it, yeah. You would have to leave the aperture open really wide and, and keep the shut open yeah. really long for the stars to show, and then everything, and then all your subject matter would be blurry because they'd be yeah. blurry.
3: Uh, uh, and before somebody else takes over, I mean, uh, I thought the effect of the cybermen then, you know, being sort of, di- uh, you know, floating off into space worked rather well. Yeah.
0: Well, let's, let's hear a little bit more from the episode.
5: Oh, well, you better go and ask Mr Hobson where the rest is. Yeah, right. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, uh all right jim it's all right you're going to get better but you must lie still
4: oh what is this place
5: is it the home of the piper no we're on the moon you know the moon
4: up in the sky
5: oh no i can't be alive i've just seen the piper
3: Those uh, <laughs> lightning effects work quite well, you know, with the the strategic balls or whatever mm-hmm. they did to, to create yeah. that, that. Worked rather well.
0: I couldn't believe he was talking about Billy Piper years before Rose character was introduced. <laughs> He's talking about Billy Piper, <laughs> Piper.
1: Oh, and I was going to say something really, really clever. Oh, geez, I'm sorry. Totally. I, no, I, no, I, no, 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 no. That was that was brilliant. <laughs>
0: It's like, he's watching Doctor Who. He's having illusions and he's like, he's delusional and he's watching Doctor Who in the future.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was good. (laughs) I I thought it worked, I mean, like you said, he wasn't supposed to be in this episode, but I thought it worked rather well that, um, you know, that Jamie both, they got around the idea he didn't have dialogue, having him have an accident on the way because, of course, he wouldn't know how to behave on the moon where perhaps the other's knew a little bit that it was lower gravity and he didn't. Um, but the very fact that he banged his head made him then unusable by the man, because the, mm-hmm. the one bit they need not to be messed about with is the brain in effect because they're yeah. replacing the other bits, aren't they? Mm.
2: Good That's point. what they said. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, as um, we were getting ready to come on the air, my my wife and I were talking about um, evolution of gender roles in television, and you know, as we often do. And uh, I was telling her, how, you know, that it, I found it kind of irksome that um, Polly, who has been through all of this stuff, she's been traveling through space and time. She's on the surface of the moon, for heaven's sake. And then she catches a glimpse of a Cyberman and screams like she's eight years old. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, I thought, well, actually, um, before that same episode is over, Jamie also screams when he sees the,
1: the cipher. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. The Piper. Yeah, like, exactly.
3: You let me down there, Lee. I thought, I, I thought you were going to say to your wife, uh, just make me some coffee, because you know they have poly, mate, the coffee. That's right.
2: Well, you know, the, the coffee thing—I think it's talked about a lot in this episode. But he does ask her; he doesn't tell her to go make the coffee. He asks her, and she says, yeah, "Sure, all right." You know, it's—it's it's not a—it's not really a condescension, but
1: yeah. You know, I'm I'm getting déjà vu because when we were talking about, and I'm thinking it was uh, the 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 one about the Silurians when they. Um, had, was it um, not Liz Shaw, but it was Joe Grant, where she was dismissed and said, you know, go make the coffee. Yeah.
2: Now, you know, yeah. Now, now Joe being told to go make the
3: coffee, that to me, that's real different. <laughs> it was not, that, that was the Green Death or something. Nah, Green Dad, no, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But this and, was um, different when the fact that it, it played part in, in the, um, it wasn't just like, oh, well, we're, we're thirsty, we need coffee. It was actually, um, play part in the story of, of coming to the conclusion of, uh, that they, that they you know, that it was sugar. it was the sugar and all that. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, she, it was a vital yeah. role of her making it's the coffee. Uh,
3: well, one thing I thought was rather funny, you know, I mean, uh, although they did give her some credit because she was the one that worked out that uh, these things would, you know, nail violence, she's, well, again, that was sexist, I know, but at least she knew that it was this stuff that, that, Nail varnish is like plastic, and it dissolves the plastic. So uh, they're going to get all these different uh, acids and things, um, and it's going to dissolve plastic. But of course, what do we keep acids in? We've got to keep them in plastic, plastic bottles.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True. But Fair. but yeah, I, I thought that was brilliant. I yeah. you know, three cheers for Polly. She yeah. says, "Hey, acetone. Let's mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's great." Yeah.
1: You know, and I didn't realize this until uh, about halfway through the first episode, but for me, this was the first Troughton episode or serial or story, however you want to call it, that did not include Jamie, Victoria, or Zoe as the companions. This was my first time seeing
5: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: one Mm -hmm. with someone other than the three of them, and I was like, oh, cool.
0: I, yeah. I I like them. I mean, I've said this before, and I know some people call it the crowded Tartarus, but I always enjoy when there's multiple companions because I, I think it's mm-hmm. when it's just, I mean, not that there's two, just one companion is bad, but it just it just adds a little diversity to it. So it's not always just the companion interacting with the doctor, and then the companion has to take the role of being, you know, what is it, doctor? Why is it, you know, questioning everything just so that they could answer it to the audience. But now you get the companions interacting with each other and and driving little subplots with them, each, you know, and having this, uh, like sub stories with them and their characters interacting with each other um, outside of the doctor, and then um, and then they can sort of gang up on the doctor as well or take sides and it just I don't know I just find it a little bit more interesting when it, it's mm-hmm. just, the, just the duality of one doctor and one companion. Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, I think the other point is that, like you said, that he wasn't. Expected to be in this episode, but uh, because in actual fact, Ben and uh, Jamie worked better in the underwater many story because, of course, they'd, they'd been equally scripted uh, to come into that where, as you say, this, this was the, they found that they've got somebody that they want to keep. Um, uh, we should just say that, the, well, I'll say that The Underwater Menace was the previous story, and then, of course, it finishes right at the end with uh, the, the claw of what's mm. going to be the macro Terror, which we don't see again until it's Gridlock, Catholic, I think. Yeah, yeah Gridlock, yeah. It would have been cool. I mean, you mentioned the spacesuits,
0: though. It would have been cool if the if, if the doctor brought out these orange spacesuits. You know, and granted,
3: it's black and white, but it, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been nice. Yeah,
0: what a
2: nice connection that would yeah. have
3: been. But um, well, again, they did something quite clever with that. Uh, I mean, I know they had like uh, very flimsy suits on, but when they went into uh, when the first two guys went out, they went into the inner chamber, and then they were both checking each other's that the seals were mm-hmm. right and their air was right I mean it was very perfunctory but yeah, they, 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 they were trying it, it, to they tried yeah, they tried it
0: I, I give them right. I give them a lot of credit for that you know mm-hmm. it's it's you know because then because years later we have you know the doctor out in space with just a little uh, thing for oxygen and playing you know throwing cricket balls in space and you mm-hmm. know so at least they had spacesuits, at least. <laughs>
2: well, yeah. And by the new series, we found that you could open the TARDIS doors in space and just, oh, just yes. sit out. On- just
0: sit <laughs> outside. Because <and>, <laughs> yeah. this is the gravity envelope that comes around the TARDIS. So, you know, we have to explain uh, yeah. it somehow.
3: Well, I must admit, I did think about that when, when we came to, right. I mean, we're jumping towards the end. But when they're going back into the TARDIS, I'm thinking, well, has the, has the TARDIS got an airlock? Because they're walking, you know, there's all the air rushing out of the TARDIS, you know. Mm-hmm. But since the talus is almost infinite in size, it's got infinite air almost, doesn't it? That's there right. you go.
2: Yeah, that's right. You, the, the, you can lose a few uh, it, kilograms. Yeah.
0: It protects its passengers somehow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, another uh, a couple of things that I noticed was, uh, and I know we mentioned that this was early in Troughton's run, but that they were still using the writing logo of how, you know, the the font that they had used with Hartnell, I thought that was interesting. And another thing, uh, he was referring to the five hundred year diary. Several, I think it was in the first episode, he was looking in that several times. So you could still pick up for me little bits and pieces of this is not too far after he's regenerated into this incarnation.
3: Well, well, one of the things that I picked up as well was the uh, the fact that. Um... Now, was it Ben? I think it was Ben that said towards the end uh, uh, something like, I haven't heard that from the ni- since the 1960s, are something like that, uh, when he's on the moon. And, of course, the reason that he and uh, Polly leave uh, is in a later story, when they suddenly find they're on Earth the same day that they'd left in the Talis, mm-hmm. um in something like uh, July sixty six or something, yeah. Um, but he mentions he mentions the 60s, our 66, in this story, which must have been that they were already getting to write them out, and maybe they were still looking for another companion, and they this suddenly twigged that actually Jamie was suitable, already proved himself in a couple of earlier stories, uh, and they went with with that. I mean, that's one thing that. That, that Doctor Who's not been afraid to do. I mean, in this case, Jamie was continuing on in the same character, but being kept on. And we, we, we've talked about it before. We? We've had failed companions, people who we thought were going to become companions, who, who didn't, and some got disappointed with that. Um, and then there's been others that have been... actually had a minor part, um, like Martha, who played a cousin... Uh, uh, but then they bring the actress back.
1: Hmm. True. That's right. And,
3: you know, there's another thing. You guys know
1: that I love quotes and finding quotes from Doctor Who. And there was one thing that the doctor said in that first episode that I w- would pause it, rewind it, pause it, rewind it until I had written it down. So here it is. Um, there, There is some evil here and we must stay. There are some corners of the universe which have bred the most horrible things, things that act against everything we believe in. They must be fault. That that was good wow. to me. I like that. It's a powerful that. line, it's, yeah. It is. That's terrific.
0: Well, I, I, the whole episode had this dark, somber feel to it, you know, um, it, it took itself very seriously, and and Trouton took himself very seriously here. There was no "oh my giddy ants," you know, in this episode. No. He was, um, he took it very seriously. So it was a, a nice, um, you know, episode, a nice story that you can watch to see a, mere, a more serious tone Trouton um, portrayal of the Doctor. Um, I, th- you know, I think part of it was also that Patrick Tra- Patrick Parr, who's playing Hobson. Um, they had a history together, and so um, he was, um, I guess, you know, trying to work on his level as well, you know, and and brought it to another level. His portrayal as a doctor, and he took it. He he decided to take a very serious turn on, you know, um, portraying the doctor in this story. Well, here's a little bit more from the Moonbase
5: a field to full power.
4: Now. They'll devastate the whole Earth with that field. Takes hold. We've got to do something. Earth control calling. Moon base, come in, please. Remain now. Hello, Moon base, come in, please. You will be. Moon base, us come now. in, please. Hello. Reading on five centimeter band. Come in. Your last routine signal was not received. Over. We are not receiving you. Over. If you hear us and cannot transmit fire sodium rocket, we shall see flare. What does that mean? It's a distress rocket. It ejects sodium into into space and then the sun lights the sodium into a yellow flare. What will your I do
3: not see the flare. Well, uh, no, they'll think we're all dead. They'll do nothing. Standing
4: by to observe flare.
3: Yeah, the, the, the way they're talking on that radio to me sounds more 1950s than 1960s. <laughs> but... <laughs> hmm. i standing by to observe the flare. With uh, their, is it? Lino's well, the right expression. Is it perceived English? or received English. Or That's perceived.
2: Car? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Although, you know, but maybe we'll, we'll be speaking that way again in 2070. Exactly.
3: Ah, very good point. I'll, I'll tell you when you get there. <laughs> Just
0: keep me yeah, away from the hurricanes. <laughs> exactly,
3: especially Lucy.
0: Exactly.
3: <laughs> well, it's, it's, actually, never mind that. We'll probably all four of us be living on the moon in a retirement home, yeah, we are, uh, doing, still doing podcasts. Well, well you well, know, no,
0: they said that when I was a little youngster in, in, yes, in they school. Did. You know, they said, you know. <coughs> The teachers would say, you know, we, uh, you know, I won't make it there, but you guys will. I'm like, well, um, that's not <laughs> Still happening. Still waiting. <laughs> In 20,
2: 2070, I'll be 110, so that one-sixth gravity, I'm sure, will be uh, uh, very comforting.
1: Yeah, it's the new facelift.
2: Yeah. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I won't be far <laughs> behind you, Lou.
3: Well, I'll be equivalent to the oldest woman that ever lived, that French woman, about that 126. So that's they, right. You
2: know, yeah. yeah. But we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll still, be, uh, still be doing the
3: podcast. Live uh, from the moon, from the actual moon. <laughs> oh, yeah, from the you actual to, moon. You In the cyber side. one it'll be, <laughs> from the moon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the frailties of the human body, one of the things I like about this uh, this serial is that we see for the first time sort of the process of becoming a Cyberman, right? We we didn't really get that in Tenth Planet. We 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 see somebody who is being controlled by the Cybermen, and clearly he's. My my sense was that he's. This is a uh, an intermediate step towards becoming a, getting fully assimilated. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. it um, was it was pretty you know because they searched the base and they couldn't find him. I thought it was a little you know there was a little. Um, interesting play that they did you know the, the the one room they didn't search was the room they were <laughs> already yeah. in
3: they'd done that earlier hadn't they in the first Doctor story um, where the Cyber uh, where the Daleks were oh, mind you that was the Dalek way of controlling people wasn't it
0: yeah oh the Robo Men yeah the Robo Men yeah. but, yeah, but that, that's
2: not yeah. yeah Dalek Invasion yeah exactly yeah, yeah. But, but, um, yeah. Right, but but you're right. It's the same thing. You've got something you put on somebody's head and then they're under your control. Um I, I I was I was eager to ask you guys this too because this has been bothering me. I, I love the effect of the, the virus that we can sort of see oh, it
0: yeah. forcing like, through their like the ve- like mm-hmm. like the veins or the Circulatory, yeah and, right and then
2: and then the doctor tells us that it's actually following the path of the, 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 nervous. the nervous system yeah. but, it, but it looks circulatory but we we saw that later on in the series didn't we and i can't think where where yeah, else have we seen I, it?
0: I know what you're saying and it, and it had like this um effect to it you know it mm-hmm. had like this um glow, like a glowing or effect right in it. Yeah. I, yeah i know the, look- i know what you're talking about and i and i was thinking the same thing when i was watching it and i couldn't really put my mind on where where. We're, we're going to see Is, it again. Is it Nightmare? Yeah, they did,
3: did it like throbbing, didn't they? It? it was like a throbbing right. luminous. Yeah, yeah, star. yeah. Exactly. Was it, now, it,
1: now, when I saw it, it reminded me of the episode, I think it was Nightmare in Silver, where the doctor had the mind, uh, where, oh, where he yeah. had the cyber thing on his face. right.
2: But I, know, uh, we're, I think we're talking about uh, sometime in the third or fourth
0: doctor, yeah. though it's, I'm, I'm it's, thinking, a, it's a Philip Hinchcliffe kind of thing. I'm thinking OCR. I'm thinking also d- where, they, where they did the OCR, where the um, you know the, the green screen, like the, they must have, have like some something on them right. to. to yeah. They did some sort of CSO, real work so, right. yeah. to mm-hmm. to create that. I'm I'm gonna. Gonna find out what that was.
2: <laughs> yeah, some some listener is gonna gonna chime in here. I hope. It's not the claws of Axos
0: or something, was it? Yeah. I I thought it was
2: Seeds of Doom, and went back and watched it, and that's not what happens when you touch the pot <laughs> in Seeds of Doom.
0: But yeah, it may have been in Claws of Axos. I, I'm thinking the 1970s. Yes. Yeah, it's it's
2: definitely. A, I think of it as being a 70s thing. But anyway, so.
0: And the clip we just that was one of my
2: takeaways from Moonbase.
0: Was uh, Cybermen and and uh, I know we've been mon- um, you know monica- um, mimicking the um, Cybermen in, in at least you know in this episode of Doctor Who Shop, but they actually did modify the voice so they didn't speak so much like that as they did originally. But it's uh, Peter Hawkins did the Cyberman voices here. You know that voice will never do for Siri. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: no. Yeah, I, I don't want that on my uh, Tom Tom either. You know? No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good
0: one. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of Cybermen, we this is also another um pinnacle episode because it marks the debut of John Levine in Doctor Who. He's uncredited, but he plays a Cyberman. Well no, uh, I read that catch,
2: somewhere and catch. then I was looking for him in the closing titles. Yeah, okay, so uncredited. he is there.
0: Yeah Yeah. Okay. And he, How about that? He returns as a Yeti in Web of Fear, but he's um his original debut in Doctor Who was in this story as a Cyberman. Ah.
2: <laughs> so he hadn't received credit Yeti. <laughs> Yeti.
0: Yeah. Yes. Ah, very good. Webber. That's
2: uh, totally a Bon... <laughs> bon- <laughs> yeah. It's always there a Bonneville joke. But uh, isn't there a character in this serial named Benson? I think... As well, so... So, yeah, I was already thinking about John Levine. Anyway... The the fellow who gets uh, halfway converted to Cyberman is uh, also named Beckett, and we just see his initials. So he's S. Beckett. So I thought, well, poor Irish playwright has been turned into a
0: a Cyberman.
3: Oh, no, I'm thinking quantum leap. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, Oh, different. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Here's a last clip from um, the Moonbase.
3: Okay. We've barricaded the sick bay with after tables and chairs in the base but it won't hold forever, Doctor Well done, Ben Here's another one for you
4: What do you do with him, Doctor? Well, that's your problem Just make sure he doesn't come back here for a while
3: Blimey, I'll be after a job as a cop when I get back to 1966
4: Mr. Hobson, I've got an idea Doctor, what do you make of this? It's made by a laser beam, I should think is there anything known to science the Cybermen haven't got? Well, they haven't got a Gravitron, or they wouldn't be after yours. They just have to stand guard in here with their cyber guns. Not much use, I'm afraid. They are getting reinforcements. What? Looks like another of
5: their spaceships. Oh, yes, there?
4: Another one.
3: yeah I think we must again give give out absolute credits to the the sound effects the atmosphere um uh you know, actually supporting and overcoming uh, the sort of simplicity of the set. Uh, and there we got that thing, by the way, where Ben mentions uh, getting back to 66. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where um, mm-hmm. it's only a couple of episodes after the Macro Terror, it's the faceless ones the end of that where where they leave, where they suddenly find out they're back on Earth at the right time, which, remember, is exactly what happened to um, the first companions, isn't it? Um, Oh, my God, why did the yeah, names go Barbara, Barbara and Barbara, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they were in a the storm. They suddenly found out they were back on Earth in the right mm-hmm. time. They, they think, because the doctor at that time, it was even more emphasized that he couldn't control where the TARDIS went. And it was then they decided that now was the time to resume their lives.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Fatigue, and it would take a lot longer.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> So yeah, uh, sound effects result were brilliant and very, absolutely very yeah, brilliant. yeah yeah the
2: whole sound design of this serial really does you're right it really does help um, sell this whole story.
0: Yeah, so um, I think I'm going to give it. Um, I, I think for its place in history and um, just because it's. Uh, it's It's a tight episode, Um, I mean, story-wise. It's four episodes, of course. And um, it's just great having it brought back to life with the animated... I didn't have any problems with the animation. I think they did it very well. I think we were speaking... It might have been before we were recording how well they um, sort of, like, took took clues from the live action and brought it to the animation so that the continuity was all there. It wasn't, like, a jarring effect going from one to the other. Um, So it all seemed to flow flawlessly, you know, and, you know, granted, you know, not it wasn't, you know, the animation wasn't, you know, X amount of frames per minute that they had a certain budget they had to work on. So, you know, um, the animation is what it is, but it still brings the episode to life and we get to see, you know, the the story to life, you know, and and we get to see the whole story complete. Um, And I kind of like the, you know. The fact that this is the second outing of the Cybermen and um, Mm -hmm. I think it's a a timeless story because I think it could play today as well. And for that, I'm going to give it I'm going to give four out of five Tardis Groans.
3: OK, well, if we were doing it out of ten, I'd give it a Cyberdyne. I mean, a nine. <laughs> uh, but uh, since we're not, I'll give it... Cyberdyne. <laughs> I'll give it... Uh, I can't give it four and a half. I'll, I'll give it four. Uh, and I, I do think... Um, actually, if they'd gone for an even better animation, I think it would have jarred. I think uh, that would have shown up the episode to be inferior, which uh, mm. would not be the case. And... Uh, If they did one thing right with the animation, it was the blink rate. I think they were blinking about eleven times a minute, which is about right. Um, So, so I wonder if that's very uh, keen of you to notice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's um, important. Yeah, that's important yeah, yeah. no i th- and and also the faces were very well i mean oh, are yeah. yeah, the that, likenesses yeah Patrick yeah, Troughton has got a face full of black and white, uh, I think it was Darth Skeptical that mentioned that on on Colton a while back that mm. it, you know because he 's got this sort of craggy look that uh, you could argue that some doctors do he, he, and um, even the beautiful Polly looks. I, I'd forgotten she wore that. Sh- that <laughs> she, this is a pun, really. She wore a shell suit, but it was actually made of shells—not not the keep-fit shell suit that people wore later on. Very funny thing, right in the first episode when they arrive on the. Well, the,
0: the, the, the uh, previous ep- the previous story was the underwater menace.
3: Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> there you see, yeah, <laughs> it all fits. It all fits. It's all mm. there for a reason. Uh, I, I actually quite liked as well. Um, the sort of confrontation a bit between uh, uh, Ben and Jamie. I thought that worked rather well. And, mm-hmm. and, sh- and and Polly having to step in and say, you know, you know we've got bigger things here, guys, and you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're... Um, no, I won't make a comment, but you're sort yeah. of measuring up to one another, you know. So there you go. I, I really enjoyed it, and I don't think... Uh, the animation detracted from it. I think um, it was complementary mm-hmm. to it, uh, and um, it, it flowed very nicely. And especially with the linking scenes for the next episode, where the animation and, of like Cyberman walking, and then you see the next episode and the the film Cyberman walking. Uh, I suppose that gave them the the key to the encryption of the the video in a way. That was the sort of uh, the tell that gave them how to do it. But it, yeah. it worked. Yeah, it um, just worked. It worked. But the, the, I think the music and the sound effects probably uh, actually uh, transcend the uh, the sets and, uh, and other things. And I did like, of course, from my point of view, seeing a couple of uh, very strong character actors playing uh, two mm-hmm. of the lead roles in the bass. So a, a very... Uh, again if if we're assuming when we do this that classic series get a different scale of rating to the, the new series because uh, again i've heard before that every even the worst new series episode is better in production levels than any classic one but on 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 a classic scale it's a 4 out of 5
0: well as i always say i try to judge it based on when yeah. the time yeah. that it was released you know so yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I mean, and and then to to judge. I mean, you can't really judge the production values against today's yeah. productions, you know, because it's like apples and oranges. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you guys both. You know, I think you hit it on, on all the things that you said. The only thing I would add to that was, you know, for for fans who have not seen anybody else interact other than, like I said, Jamie or Zoe or even Victoria, that opportunity to be able to see him interact with other companions, particularly his first two companions as that incarnation. I mean, that alone in itself makes me give it, you know, the four, like you guys did. But the music, again, I've, I'm, I'm hearing it right now in my head. Um, that was just so well done. So, yes, a very solid four.
2: Yeah, I have to go with four, too. And I'm, I'm thinking about... Um, um, you know, one of my reasons for liking this one so much is that I, I think it's easy for me to forget until I watch them again. Just that uh, <laughs> Polly is really easy to look at. Oh, yeah. um, but, you know, to be fair, uh, so is so are Ben and Jamie. So, you know, there's, there's something for everyone there. And she makes a great cup of just... coffee. And she <laughs> and she knows that acetone dissolves a plastic too, yes. so you give her that as well but uh...
3: very, very, very attra- i mean I saw who at the Fab she... cafe uh, not the first hooverville i think hooverville eight has just gone so obviously it was eight years ago uh, and she's a a a lovely lady absolutely yeah. lovely lady she still is yeah.
0: And if Jamie wasn't sick, he would have made the coffee, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, that's Absolutely. right.
0: Yeah. I, he may not
2: know what that is exactly. Yeah, uh, exactly. Enough, he would have he had a, a go. Um, golly, there was something else I wanted to say about this, and so now I've forgotten oh, what somebody, it was. Or I, something. I, yeah,
1: I brought up the coffee. No, no, I, I'm, I'm just, uh, it's just a complete... Your um, memory needs to be upgraded. Graded. It does. I really
2: am looking for a, some kind of a chip that I can slide into my head every now and then and... I don't know. But um yeah. I don't remember. But uh yeah, it is. Oh oh I yeah, I know what it was.
1: Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I got updated. Uh,
2: I've got to go with the with the, the four out of five here, too, even though uh, uh, um, one of the things that tickled me was uh, the doctor's um, incredibly unsterile um, procedures while he's supposedly doing a medical examination, um, in the midst of which he mentions that he was taught at uh, University of Edinburgh by Joseph Lister, who would certainly have uh, hit the roof if he saw how unsterile everything was, <laughs> being the one who, who uh, sort of uh, turned... Turn on to the need for a sterile environment when you're doing it, um, and uh, and here's some trivia for you that there's another uh, episode where the second doctor mentions that he um, that he does have a real doctorate on Earth and it's from the University of Edinburgh and that he studied with Joseph Bell and. Um, Joseph Bell is important to us Sherlockians because he is actually the model. The, the the yeah, he really is who uh, Sherlock Holmes is based on. Yeah. And Bell and Lister were contemporaries who really were both teaching there. So, wow. so the teacher really could have studied with both of them. That's
1: and I think it was the 11th or the 12th. One of those two doctors, 11 or 12, have made reference to getting his, you know, studying. You're right. Um, Yeah, uh, what's it called? Uh, Tooth and claw. Yes. Yes. The doctor. He 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 sort of uh, waves
2: his uh, uh, psychic paper around and mentions uh, Joseph Bell. Yeah, that's right. So, but yeah, I, I'm looking at um, part of uh, Moonbase again right now as we're talking, and just uh, it's, it really is. Uh, frequently, it's a visual knockout. Uh, you know, it's uh, the, the wobbly sets and so on, notwithstanding. Some of the way that it's photographed is yeah. just uh, I thought, really beautiful.
0: Yeah, I thought the lighting also. Uh, you know, the um, I mean, it's granted it's black and white, but I think it created <laughs> that whole mood. That uh, and then the music accompanied it, and it just all well, came together.
2: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: All right. Well, I think we're all in agreement. Four out of five for the Moonbase. So check it out. It's available on DVD. And it's uh, maybe available on streaming as well, depending on your service. As um, the DVD is, um, it's both in the Region One and Region Two. It's story number thirty-three. Oh yeah, that was another thing. That was uh, we were debating. <laughs> Because we were originally going to do this for our 11th anniversary and uh, for Dr. Upadchuk. So I said, well, we, we oh. had decided on picking a Patrick Chowton story. Oh, and, that's right. And so I said, well, you know, uh, 11 was, I think, a um, it still was a Hartnell story. So we could go with either 33 or 44. And 33 mm-hmm. was Moonbase and 44 is The Dominators. So we went yeah. with Moonbase. <laughs> And we may yet uh, do Dominators, too. We still may, yes. Well, it's got Zoe in it. I hope we do. There we are. Well, maybe our listeners can be prepared and start watching that. <laughs> you know, we may be doing it next. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to round out our review. Unless anyone else has any other further comments about the moon base, we'll... Go to feedback. Anyone have anything else to say?
3: Well, just one last thing that the the people who did that animation uh, Planet 55 Studios uh, the team you can go to their page uh, uh, Jason Haig Ellery is one of them of course has been in Doctor Who Uh, Gary Russell who's obviously associated with Doctor Who Mm -hmm. and Joshua Campbell. They're, They're people that Love. Who so I think that love came through in the animation,
0: yeah. I think that's important when there's a passion that already exists, you know, it's going to show in their work, you know, as opposed to people that just disassociated with the the subject matter. If you have someone that's passionate about it, that it's going to seep into the work, no, um, and and it's evident in this, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks to all those involved that had made this possible, and we enjoyed it. Absolutely.
3: Are we going to got any feedback before we close out? Or gonna, not?
0: Yeah, we have a couple of feedbacks to do. So first is um, we have one feedback from uh, uh, a longtime listener uh, we haven't heard from recently, but um, it's Blue Box, Blue Box Roadster, not to be confused with Blue Box Bill, who's another— Avid feedback giver and avid listener, of Doctor Um But this is um uh, this is uh, as I said, Blue Box. Um, I think it's Andrew's his name. Well, he, I think he says it in his, in the feedback. So uh, let him speak instead of me. And this is what he has to say. Greetings from Minnesota. This is
5: Andrew, otherwise known as Blue Box Roadster, checking in. It's been a while. I think. Since the middle of last year And just kind of wanting to let you know where I am And what I've been up to And uh, some of my thoughts So currently I'm on episode 275 Uh, Since the last time I checked in I'm I'm definitely saddened to hear that James Norton Is no longer going to be part of Podshock At least on a regular basis I do hope he shows up in the future Um, Definitely enjoy the listen to It's been nice, though, hearing listeners graduate to the main stage, the main microphone, so to speak, and become regular co-hosts. I've uh, definitely enjoyed that. You know, it's been uh, interesting, as I'm listening uh, to the rumors of Tom Baker being part of the 50th. Got to say, sometimes I guess rumors do come true. Uh, Also enjoyed um, Ken saying there'd be no multi-doctor episode. Well, I guess even great ones can be wrong at times. You know, it's been interesting as far as um, recently I've, I've driven for Uber some, and I had a passenger whose name was Ramana. Uh, while we're on the way, I asked her, I said, you know, I've only known one other Ramana, and that Ramana was in Doctor Who. She laughed and said her parents were big Doctor Who fans. So I, I kind of got a chuckle out of that one. Anyway, I thought I would check in. Uh, definitely am enjoying every single episode. Um, so I'm going to jump back into my uh, Blue Box uh, Roadster and mosey along the way to PodChuck and see what other fun and interesting tidbits that I will learn. And um, hopefully can check back in the near future. So until then, adios.
0: Well, thank you, Andrew, a.k.a. Blue Box Roadster. It's funny because we were just talking about, you know, our 11th anniversary and, um, you know, now we're in our 11th year and – or 12th – no, we're in our 12th year now. Um, so it's interesting that you're you're listening to Dr. Who, you know, Dr. Who Pachok, uh you know – catching up, you know, and so it's sort of like um, fitting that, you know, as we kind of reminisce on the past 11 years, you're sort of in that past 11 years catching up to the current, which um, since um, we had um, a spacing of episodes, you know, between after Sandy and um, and, and uh, currently in this year, uh, you're probably catching up fairly sooner than you would otherwise. So Uh, I don't know when you'll be listening to this particular recording, um, but thank you for your (laughs) feedback. Uh, You're here.
3: you'll, You'll be in our future when you're listening to this. Well, let me just add that um, the episode he's uh, talking about, episode 279, uh, was done almost exactly four years ago, 28th of September 2012, Mm. uh, talking about the power of three on that particular episode. So that's one bit of feedback. The other thing is uh, James seems to be doing rather well. Uh, I posted um, uh, a picture of one of the wines I enjoy drinking, which is uh, Casalero del Diablo, which I love saying. And uh, James... Uh, Posted that that was one of his favorite wines. So he's alive, well, and he's got a very, very uh, harsh, mustache at the moment.
0: Yeah, well, he's, um, I know, um, you know, he has a, he had a, at the time, he had a a, a new arrival in his family. So I'm sure um, he's busy. He's quite the
3: family man, yeah. Yeah, certainly is. Thank you for the feedback. Yes, yeah, and it,
2: and it included an account of a, a living person named Romana. Romana. That would be the only one I've ever heard of it. That's great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, at least her parents didn't name her the full name.
0: That's right. Romana. Well, you don't <laughs> was, know what's on the birth certificate. <laughs> that's right.
2: It was either that or Fred. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's funny
1: i call you pity
3: Ian's not here, because he can say her name properly. Oh, yeah. And I'm and I'm
1: hearing Tom Baker say, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's either that or Fred.
3: <laughs> okay, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like her in the Viking costume. I was that fourth Doctor. I can't remember. It was the fourth Doctor, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, well,
0: we also have feedback. Oh, and, and if you are listening to this uh, Blue Box Roadster, we did get you other feedback, but we're gonna, um, we'll do that for our next episode this way. Um, we'll, we'll space it out. Ooh, double dibs. Double dibs. Ooh. So uh, the next one comes from – this is an email from Brian Madigan. So he writes, just started, st- I just started to watch my newly arrived copy of The Underwater Menace. So far, I'm very unimpressed with the recon of this episode, of, the, of episode one. Without the stage directions, it's very hard to follow the action, and they remain they remain on the same photo for too long at at times. This is vastly inferior to the version done by Loose Cannon. One must wonder why they didn't just license that version. So that's and coincidentally that's the story that precedes this one, and he had no way mm-hmm. of knowing that we would be doing um, yeah, the that's... the moon base. So it's just coincidental. Yes. So I have yet to see that release of the underwater menace, and it's, it's sad that they didn't do the animation for that. You know that would have been great instead of um, from what he describes here. They uh, they probably have stills and they do. Uh, um, they probably have the audio playing on on this throughout the stills. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. I, I have still yet to pick that up myself.
3: But but the thing is, yeah. yeah the, the thing is, it has one of the greatest phrases from any doctor. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Nothing mm-hmm. can stop, stop us. me now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's worth it for that alone.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's that's a quote there for for Kyle. Not as good as the, the Troughton quote, of course. Yeah.
1: But it was still good. Still good.
0: So um, yeah, we have. I, I guess whenever I, I get my hands on that, uh, I'll I'll be maybe equally unimpressed. But there, um, at least I, I guess they um, they had to do it there themselves. You know, um, you know, as far as I guess they couldn't take Loose cannons work because um, probably of. The way they have to pay or whatever. I don't know. I, I have no idea how it all works, but I'm sure the, the, they had to recreate it themselves.
3: Yeah. Uh, one of the funny things and shows how thick I am is uh, uh, when I watched Underwater this again, uh, I'm thinking, gosh, it's very wishy washy and watery, this picture. And I thought, oh, yeah, it's underwater. Underwater. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be wishy washy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Duh. No, it's. I remind. It reminds me of seeing. You know, we're talking about earlier in this in this episode about how long it took before we got to see uh, Troughton episodes. How uh, in the states, how long it took before we got to see John Pertwee episodes, and um, and unfortunately, there was only um, only certain stations that originally got these episodes, and so uh, um, and at the time this kind of date, because it's going to date me, you know, this is back in the the time where I had to go out and actually fiddle with an outdoor antenna on the roof and point it right in the right spot because I'm in New York and New Jersey was playing it, and in order to get that station, I had to, like, you know, master it through the antenna and and get that station and record it. And um, so many times it would be kind of grainy, you know, or fuzzy because of the antenna, and um and i i just attribute it to you know that was like part of it you know and then um and then when you finally get to see the pristine episodes as they existed um you mm. know as they exist today and then you see oh that's just a paint those are painted roundels on uh, that's that's not how <laughs> i remember it you know it kind of you know sometimes so seeing like you know wishy-washy things actually is an enhancement <laughs>
3: Yeah, they, they spend a fortune getting effects like
0: that nowadays. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, I think that's going to bring this episode of Talk to You Podshock to an end, but that's not the last that you've heard of us because you can hear more of us elsewhere. First of all, uh, we, as we mentioned earlier, the, we j- just celebrated its seventh anniversary. The Cultum Collective, you can hear Dave and Ian and others on, was it the first Sunday of the month? Last Sunday of the month. Last Sunday of the month. Yeah. We save the best for the last, so it's the last Sunday of the month. And that's on uh, Talk Show, TalkShoe, TalkShoe.com.
3: Yep, and it's ID 54821. But we are doing commentaries. We're back doing Better Call Saul. We're just uh, doing commentaries on uh, Season 2 of that. And Ian, if he's not here, I hope he's editing that uh, recording we did recently.
0: Oh, and then I can send him this episode. He can edit this as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In his copious free time. That's that's as he where moonlights on the moon. That's where the real coffee is made, is in the editing? All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, th- this episode will get out eventually. I'll <laughs> gotta have to find time to edit it. Uh, but in that time, while this is being edited, you can also listen to Kyle and Lee, and um, I'm sorry, Clarence, 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 discussing Clarence. who, and this time they actually are discussing who. Two episodes in a row, even. Yeah,
1: and hey, where... and the episode immediately preceding that, we had an even better topic, Lee Shackelford himself. <laughs> right. My like, God, what a bore. Oh, that's worth. Oh, a I
3: enjoyed listen. it. It was an excellent episode.
1: And you know what? The last time we recorded, we were talking about hey, we were up to episode five, but now we're mm-hmm. uh, about to record episode nineteen. So double, digits. Really double digits, double oh, yeah. digits. Exactly. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Ooh, a couple of more, you'd be able to drink on the podcast. Exactly. Wait until
0: you get to three thirty-seven, <laughs> Lee's going to be really, really excited. <laughs> I say, and really, really old. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be recording it on the moon. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) three
2: hundred thirty-seven years old. (laughs)
1: Okay, not a moment too soon.
0: Life doesn't begin until
1: five (laughs) hundred.
0: And you can catch probably um, all these shows on your favorite podcasting podcast catcher client, be it um, iTunes or whatever. But uh, you can also. Um, as I mentioned, talkshoe. dot com, but the, you could also find di- discussing who, where, Kyle. Uh, well, you can find us on iTunes, but
1: uh, all of them are also available at DiscussingWho.com, dot com, and we're also on
0: Facebook. Very good. All right. Well, that's going to ra- – oh, also myself and, and Dave also appear on uh, completely – well, it does – it's not completely unrelated. It does uh, sometimes dabble in sci-fi trivia, but it's uh, a trivia podcast called Friday Night Quizmasters, and that's a live show every Friday night, mostly every Friday night, On uh, also on talk show. Yeah, that's uh, uh,
3: 136456. Uh, one,
0: and there you have it. So even when there's no Dr. Kupacak, you'll hear us elsewhere. All right. Until elsewhere comes and somewhere sometime comes until next time. This is Lou Strapani signing out and see you next time.
3: Let yep, the oxygen is running out now. My is going to we're we're all floating off into
1: space. <laughs> you have been deleted. Delete <laughs> delete. <laughs>
0: Never, yeah. never been beaten no. up <laughs> No, I was thinking the same thing while listening to that You can't, you can't ma- you, That's just the classic, yeah Nothing yeah. beats it You have been listening to Dr. Who Parchock Presented to you by the fan run Dr. Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC Dr. Who Pachak is not affiliated with the BBC in any way Doctor Who PodChock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the PodChock Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit arttrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts.
4: Doctor Who Podchuk! They'll devastate the whole Earth with that field takes hold. We've got to do something. Earth control, calling Moonbase, come in, please. Remain still. Hello, Moonbase, come in, please. You will all be Moonbase, come in, please. Hello. Reading on five centimeter band. Come in. Your last routine signal was not received. Over. We are not receiving you, over.